Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Hosting a weekly radio show called Song of the Soul, I live in an environment full of wonderful music, and a great treat is that so much of it is local. Today's guest is from right here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and yet she creates music worthy of the largest cities of the USA. Victoria Shoemaker is a multi-instrumentalist with a special deep affinity and talent for the flute. Classically trained, but having discovered her deep passion in improvisational flute, and having been mentored by Eau Claire's Grammy-nominated flute artist Peter Fippen, Victoria's gifts are impressive and diverse. If you want rock, if you want folk, if you want classical, or if you want ethereal music of the spheres, Victoria delivers. Plus, she's been twice nominated for the People's Choice Award for Best Music Teacher in Northwest Wisconsin. All this, and she is still a few years away from 30. Victoria Shoemaker joins me in person today, and I'm so pleased she has. Victoria, thank you so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. It is wonderful to have you. I'm just wondering why you didn't bring Phantom with you. She doesn't like the car. Oh, okay. Cat and car, not always a good combination. We were just talking. Phantom is not a spring cat or spring chicken, you know. And so you've had her since? Since I was a sophomore in high school. And how do you connect with cat particular? Is this your animal, your totem? What is it? <laughs> well, everyone says I'm like a cat. I must have been a cat in a past life somewhere. And when my brother was born, my parents let me pick out my own cat to have. And that was my first cat that was not Phantom. But that cat, his name was Jet, and he was my baby. He followed me all over the place. He slept on my pillow. When I would go out at night and then come home in the summertime and the screen door was open, he'd sit at the door and meow for me to come back in. When we got Phantom, she was a kitten. She was a farm cat. My my friend's farm cat had kittens, and we went and picked one out. And I rode home with her, and she sat with me, made her little bed, and she and Jet got on magnificently. And then... But he always slept on my head. He slept, well, kind of on my face more than my head. And then when he passed away, I was junior in high school. He was an old cat. And then Phantom just stepped into his place. And so she slept on my pillow, and she, she's like my shadow. Everywhere I go, everything I do, she's there. So I think you must have had Phantom back when you were living in Chicago, right? Nope, Phantom was when I was in Eau Claire. We moved, to Chicago, or we moved from Chicago to Eau Claire. When I was in fourth grade. Okay, I was the, when you told me you were a city girl, growing up, I thought that was up just to fourth grade, and then you became a small city girl. I lived in Eau Claire fourth grade until senior year of high school, and then I went to college back in Chicago. Okay. So for a while, I had lived in Chicago longer than Eau Claire, even though my main residence was in Eau Claire. 
And now it's finally evening out that I've lived in both places the same amount of time. And where did you start your music, I guess, both learning and performing? I started it here in Eau Claire in the summer between fourth and fifth grade. But I had wanted to play flute since I was in third grade or second grade. My cousin, my older cousin in Chicago, brought home her flute from band. And I saw it and I went, I'm going to play that. I had already decided. We moved to Eau Claire in the winter of fourth grade, and I started playing flute the summer between fourth and fifth grade. Because in Chicago, you start band in fifth grade. So I'd been waiting for this year. I had been waiting for fifth grade ever since I saw my first flute. But in Eau Claire, you don't start band until sixth grade. So did that mean you did get delayed by a year, or did you start learning on your own? I was a horrible child. I threw fits, and I threw tantrums, and I cried and complained until my parents got me private flute lessons. (laughs) The summer between fourth and fifth grade is when I started, because they were trying to make me feel better for moving me away from all of my friends in fourth grade. It was a little dramatic, but I haven't put it down since. But you also play, I mean, you've got lots of flutes, right? You said over 200 of them somehow? I do. I do. Uh, do you have room for clothes and such also? Or? Some. They hang in the closet, not in the drawers of my dresser. That's where my flutes live, some of them. And do you have guitar and other things too? What, what other instruments? In high school, I started playing alto saxophone because when I went into high school, I wanted to be in the jazz band, and my band director said, there's no flutes in jazz band. I said, well, fine, I'll play the saxophone. So I played the saxophone. I think he really just wanted me to play saxophone. And so I played saxophone all through high school. And then in college, my degree is for music education. So I had to learn to play all the band instruments, all the orchestra instruments, all the percussion instruments, including drum set. I had to learn to play piano. I had to learn how to sing. And I had to learn to play guitar, both classical and folk guitar. And so I've started slowly collecting a giant array of instruments. You know, I had seen you performing around with Peter Fippen and such locally, so I knew of you at least a little bit. But the thing that caught my eye a month or two ago was that you were again nominated. Let me see. It was for the... You were nominated for the WAMI, the Wisconsin Area Music Industry People's Choice Award for the Best Music Teacher in Northwest Wisconsin. And this is the second year you're nominated. And you're one of three people nominated this year. And it's just coming up within a week or so, the actual decision. Is this a big kind of affair where you have to go in your tux or whatever women wear and go, you know, get the award and you come up and you have to give a speech and all? I think if you win, you have to give a speech. Last year was my first year nominated. And the crazy part is I have no idea how it's happening. I woke up last year to a message on Facebook that said, you've been nominated. So I woke up around one in the afternoon looking at my phone, getting this message. And I went, who is playing a prank on me? I didn't believe it. I thought it was fake. So I went to Google and I typed in whammy. I'd never heard of the Wisconsin area music industry. And so I looked it up, trying to find the other nominees. And I saw my name. I was like... Do they have the correct Victoria Shoemaker? How many of us are there? Because I'd only been teaching in a school setting for a year. I'd been teaching private lessons previously. I graduated from college in 2015, so that was in 2017. I'd been teaching private lessons. First nomination was 2017, and I couldn't believe that it was real. And so last year, my mom and I went down to the big award ceremony together. We got stuck in that April snowstorm. Appleton or somewhere around there and the whole city was closed because of that snowstorm and the award ceremony got rescheduled 
So we had to, we got to go on two road trips that year, which was really exciting. We got all dressed up. It was a great time with my mom. Because in high school, she used to drive me to all my honor bands and all my different things for that. So it was kind of like a throwback to we're continuing that tradition. But evidently, you did not win uh, the one of three or whatever it is. You didn't. You were not the winner last year. Nope, I was uh, not. How strong are your hopes this year? If I win, it's fantastic. And if I don't, it's fantastic. Because my students are speaking for what I'm doing. It's great to get the recognition and to know that, you know, just the nomination itself out of, the entire quadrant of Northwest Wisconsin, all of the phenomenal music teachers that there are, whether it be private instruction, band instruction, orchestra instruction, choir, general music, that I'm considered one of the top three in Northwest Wisconsin, it's just, it blows my mind. I don't know how it's happening. I'm just trying to get these kids to love music as much as I do. You teach at Eau Claire Music School and at Thorpe Catholic? Yes. At the Eau Claire Music School, I'm teaching private lessons to kids four years old and up, all the way up into adults. And then at Thorpe Catholic School, I'm teaching general music to 4K through 8th grade. Well, you know, we really need to get started on some of your music. There's not a lot recorded by you out there. You perform a lot. You improvise frequently. You you can do anything you need on the instrument, but you haven't captured a lot of it in recordings. What do you want to start with for today's Song of the Soul? We can start with Idle and Cries, since we talked about my cats at the very beginning. Okay, Idle and Cries. And tell me about Idolin. An Idolin, my understanding of the word and why I told it, it's like a, a familiar, a spirit, or a phantom that you hear that's connected to your soul that you connect with. In that first song, I played it on a simple system, transverse bamboo flute, and I remember recording it like it was yesterday. I was just warming up at Skyline Studios with Ivar Lundy Jr. in the studio and Peter Fiffin in the studio. They have worked with both of them, phenomenal producers, phenomenal musicians, phenomenal mentors. I was just warming up, and all of a sudden I see the recording light go on. Like, oh, I guess we're going right away. I just kept playing, and that was it. And one of the things I note in there, the the music, the flute, is interweaving with itself. Is that you or is that Peter coming into it? Is it? Nope, that's all me. You can play two flutes at once. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> no, it was not two flutes at once, but it was all my playing that you hear on the track. And the crying, Eidolon cries, is that there's cries that are plaintive, they're sad, and some cries, I mean, there can be a cry of joy, right? What kind of cries were you thinking of, feeling when you created this song? I wasn't thinking of many. When I recorded it, I just went in and I picked up the flute. I was like, I'm going to record this flute first today. And I picked it up and I played it. All of the titles came after everything was recorded. I sat and listened. I was like, what does this sound like? What does this feel like now? And what did I feel like then? And tried to come up with the titles that best suited. A lot of them just fell out of the sky as I was listening. The titles for the tracks just appeared. I try not to argue when things like that happen. And the music you're now listening as it comes in is Idol and Cries by Victoria Shoemaker.
Today for Song of the Soul, we have Victoria Shoemaker with us. That was her song, Idle and Cries. It's from her 2015 recording, The Witching Hour. And you can find that via Bandcamp. Actually, if you go via Facebook.com, Victoria Shoemaker Musician, the link's on NordenSpiritRadio.org. If you follow it there, you can get the full recording of The Witching Hour, the full album. As I was saying, Victoria, you don't have a lot of recordings out there, although you've made a lot of music and you continue to make it. What's holding you back from doing more recording? It's time because I'm always doing something. I'm teaching. I'm performing. I'm reading. I read a lot. I'm practicing. And so finding the time to get into the studio with the right musicians and the right people you want to work with can be really difficult to manage and really tricky to work around a lot of schedules. So, folks, as we were listening to Idolin Cries, you found the ways that you can flow with the music. And do you think in music, if you know what I mean? I'm a word person. I very much am a word person, too. Ask anyone that talks to me. I use lots of words very frequently and very fast. But when I'm playing, my goal is to get out of my mind and let the music speak for itself. I really try to take my own will out of it and let the music do what it wants to do or the flute do what it wants to do. The flute do what it wants to do? Does that make sense? Well, it may. I, I want to ask you some about your perspective on how the world works. Because a lot of people think that people are the only consciousness that exists. And you have a cat, you know, Phantom, you know, has... Phantom has Phantom's personality. And yes, she does. Well, one of the things I was thinking is that you said you you try and get away from the thinking the words when you're playing the flute. And I tend to think of that as a kind of meditation. The best kind of meditation isn't telling your mind what to think, but tapping into something deeper in the universe. Going with the flow. <laughs> yeah, well, some people might refer to things like God or hearing celestial music or whatever. What do you think you're reaching toward? Can you describe anything about what you're tapping into with your music? Well, it's tricky to describe. What I like to think about is everything is alive in some way or another. And I play a lot of bamboo or wooden flutes, which come from trees that were once alive. If you think about the trees being once alive, they had a spirit. And so tree dies and becomes a flute. So when I'm playing, I'm allowing that spirit to continue living and to say what it needs to say again. Does that make sense? And it's the trickiest thing in the world to do. It's to get your own will and your own ego and your own mind out of the equation and let the moment speak for itself. And when you're playing classical music, there's a lot of thinking involved. So I've been playing classical music for, oh man, 17 years now. So I've spent a lot of time learning how to think about the classical music, how to think about the style that I'm playing and where I'm breathing and how I'm articulating. And so when I met Peter Phippen seven years ago, the first thing he did when we were on stage, he looked at me and said, okay, go. I was completely lost. I had no idea what to do. He took away all of the rules I had had. He took away all of the safety net that I had in music and knowing what I was supposed to think. And I looked at him and he laughed still. He says, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. He said, okay, follow me and started playing and I was supposed to keep up. And it's hard to get your mind out of the way. And I am so thankful to have Peter to work with and Teet Raid. He was Peter's mentor and now he's my mentor as well. And so the three of us play together 
and it's three generations of improvisationalists because we're all working to tap into the same thing. You can call it different things. You can call it the universe. You can call it the flow. I think it's all sort of the same idea. There's something outside of yourself and getting yourself out of the way of the music and letting it speak for itself. Well, maybe we can have another example. Is there more music you'd be willing to share? Yes, we can listen to the witching hour. Okay, the witching hour. What do those words mean to you, by the way? Well, the witching hour is the time of day, typically 3 a.m., where unknown things happen, the unexplainable, the things you can't define. And that's what we're trying to tap into, the things you can't define. And so the flute that I played on this track was a coyote old man Anasazi flute replica, six holes, very difficult to play. And so if you try to make it do what you want it to do, you will fail. You have to let the flute play itself. And I'm very proud of this piece. And Ivar Lundy Jr. plays the drums on it. He surprised me with those. I played my tracks. I left the studio and then I came back. He said, look, here's your new track. And he had put the drums on it himself. So there's no click track to this piece. I just sat like with all the pieces. I sat down. They turned the light on that said I was recording and I played it. And here it comes, The Witching Hour by Victoria Shoemaker.
Those 11 minutes of music are called The Witching Hour. It's title track of the 2015 release by Victoria Shoemaker, our guest today for Song of the Soul, a Northern Spirit Radio production, as you know, on the web, northernspiritradio.org. O-R-G, with links to all of our guests past 14 years, including that to Victoria Shoemaker. Uh, probably the easiest place to find her is on Facebook at Victoria Shoemaker Musician. Follow the link in any case from NorthernSpiritRadio.org. Also on our site, there's a place to post comments. Communicate two-way is the best way. And so please post a comment and let us know what you're thinking. There's also a donate button. This is full-time work supported by listeners alone. So not government, not corporations. It's because of you, the listener, want to see this continue. And please remember to support your local community radio station. WHYS right here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin is where I started from. But now there's some 39 stations nationwide carrying our programs. And please support them because alternative news and music makes such a difference. Have you been unwise? No. Why not? I just don't understand. I don't know. They've never asked. I was on Wisconsin Public Radio for a short snippet last summer, the summer of 2018, but we were talking, Peter and I were talking about the World Flute Society convention, so we went in and talked for a minute. So you and Peter went in to WHYS? Yes, he was invited to do the interview and brought me along. He does that for a lot of performances. And you also performed together as Virginia Steele. Why Virginia Steele when you're Victoria and he's Peter? Peter and I chose the name Virginia Steele because it helps when it comes to tax time because we get 1099s from various locations and different tax forms. And I also needed an alter ego. I teach at a Catholic school. I didn't want my students to go looking up, seeing where I'm performing and find me. So Virginia Steele is the name of the band. Virginia was my grandmother on my mother's side's name which I think is really cool to have her as a part of this. She couldn't hear. She was deaf from the time she was a teenager, I think. She lost her hearing to a fever or something. I don't quite remember, but she was always a huge supporter of my music. She came to all my band concerts when I was in middle school and high school, and she was always excited to hear what I was saying about music and how excited I was about it. So I really love having her name involved. Then Steel Peter says it's because I have an iron will a steel will, what I decide happens. So Virginia Steel works. It's also my initial issue making Virginia Steel. So I'll be able to use this name forever. And again, we don't have recordings yet of Virginia Steel. It's one of those things I imagine will happen one of the days down the road, right? Yes. Virginia Steel has only been in existence since September of 2018. It just started then and we're blown away by the amount of support we've gotten from our friends and we're playing some really exciting shows in a lot of really cool places. We're both switching instruments all night. I'm playing flute, saxophone, rhythm guitar, djembe, and I sing. Peter's singing, playing guitar. He plays flute. He plays bass. He plays drums. I make him play the washboard and kazoo on Oh My Darling Clementine and old folk songs. I love singing those. They're some of my favorites. That's interesting, too. Because you play flute, flute is not one of those things that you can sing to, right? Because maybe there are some people who have incredible breath control can do something like that. But you do like to sing, too, don't you? I do. I do enjoy singing. 
I write my own folk songs that I sing and perform. They're horribly depressing. You write depressing songs. I don't mean to, but yes, they end up being depressing in the end. I think your age, you're 27. What have you got to be depressed about? I'm 64. (laughs) One, One could find better reasons on my side of the scale. Well, I just, you write what you know. A lot of my songs are about lost love, things that have come and gone. Every song is a true story that's got multiple people in it. And I don't sit down today and go, I'm going to write a song. I don't do that. And if I do, it never ends up sticking. I'll just sit with a guitar, or I'll be sitting talking to friends, and a line will come into my head. I always carry a notebook in my purse, which is really funny because we have smartphones now. I could write down anything I wanted at like the touch of my thumbs, but I have a notebook and a pen in my purse at all times. The notebook in the purse, I write down a line. I'll be sitting at dinner, I'll be sitting looking out the window, talking to students, and something will just go through my head. The hardest part, since I'm not a guitar player, I'll get the melody in my head and I'll get the words, and then I have to find it on the guitar, find where it's going. Sometimes that takes a long time. So Blue was the first song I ever wrote. About how long ago were we talking about? I was a junior in college, probably right around 21, so it was five or six years ago. Recorded it about four years ago. It was a lot of fun. Peter Fippen plays the Fender bass on this song, and I have Howard Guitar Lidke playing a Rocket One Ten lap steel solo over top of it. And was this about lost love or happy love? Because there's actually a happy note in the lyrics as well. Or let's say an aspirational. Well, with all sadness, there's a little hope. But not every sad story is completely sad. There's always happiness within them. That's how Victoria Shoemaker wrote her song, So Blue, here today for Song of the Soul.
So Blue by Victoria Shoemaker. You can find her on Facebook at Victoria Shoemaker Musician. I found that one out on Reverb Nation. That one's on iTunes, too, and Spotify and YouTube. You can purchase that song. Along with things like What You Have and and others. Uh, But there's a lot more of your music, I think, out there that's just instrumentalist. Yes, I have a full, my Witching Hour album is all flutes. Working on a folk album down the line somewhere. When it's time for it to be recorded and done, it'll be recorded and done. I'm not rushing into it. Well, let's finish off with at least a portion of one of your songs. As people noted when we were listening to The Witching Hour, that's 11 minutes of music. And so I really feel like a lot of your music is meditative. It does give you time to arrive and be present. And uh, I don't think we have time for quite a full, like 11 minutes again. But is there some song that we can at least play part of as we go out? We can play part of Crone's Embrace. This song means a lot to me. Which Crone's do you think of? I think of my grandmother's. Virginia and... Virginia and Leona, my father's mother. And when we were little, she would always sing the same melody. Just two notes. You forget about those things as you grow older, but you know them deep within you. And so I met a flute player, or flute maker, Rich Purdy. He lives in River Falls. He's making replicas, exact replicas. It's this brilliant mathematician. So it's within like one-tenth of a millimeter of diameter and bore size and finger spacing. It's insane. And he had brought some flutes to Eau Claire for Peter to try. I don't know what Peter was doing. Maybe he was in Madison. But I was in Eau Claire for the flute circle. And so Rich gave me the flutes to try out first and then bring to Peter throughout the week. And he'd come back and get them later. They're hard flutes to play. They're all rim-blown. And so I'm trying to play these flutes. And I can't play half of them. And then I pick up one, and it fits my hand perfectly. It's an ugly piece of wood. It's all bent and gnarled. There's a crack in it that he fixed, and there's a knot in it somewhere else. But it fit my hands. It was the first flute of this style that I could play. It's a Hopi flute replica. It's in the key of A. And I brought the flute to Peter. I didn't tell him which one I liked. (laughs) And he's playing through the flute. He goes, you liked this one, didn't you? I'm like, yes, yes, I did. And we tell Rich and... Rich gave it to me, which gave me this flute. And as I got to spend more time with it, that flute comes with me everywhere. The flute is a bit of a crone itself. It's got the gnarls and the yes. the signs of growth. Yes, and as I got to know it, I'm playing it one night. I would play this flute to sleep. I would play it as I'm lying in bed trying to fall asleep, and it played the same two notes that my grandmother used to sing. And it was like you're brought back to that memory, to that warm space, to that comforting space you would sit on grandma's lap and she would just hum and it's on that flute it's, each flute has its own song and that it was singing the same song and so this is the flute that's on Crone's Embrace on my album it's the last song on the album and it always reminds me of my grandmother's and where you come from and the memories that are way way deep within you that you may have forgotten it just takes a split second for it all to come rushing back you're already hearing some of the notes coming in as I'm finishing my visit with Victoria Shoemaker. Again, follow the links from NordenSpiritRadio.org, including to her Facebook page, Victoria Shoemaker Musician. Uh, and I'm just hoping that maybe even before you hear this interview, that she will be recognized as the number one music educator by 
Wisconsin Area Music Industry People's Choice Award. Thank you so much for sharing your music, for sharing it with the kids, inspiring that way, both the, the private lessons you give and at Thorpe Catholic where you teach, and for sharing music in so many different venues with Peter Fippen and Teet Raid and all of the other, other wonderful folks of the neighborhood. And thank you for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we go out today for Song of the Soul with Victoria Shoemaker with Crone's Embrace. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.